God's the greatest. God's the greatest. God's the greatest. God's the greatest. I bear witness that there is no God but Allah. I bear witness that there is no God but Allah. I bear witness that Muhammad is a servant and messenger. I bear witness that Muhammad is a servant and messenger. Come to prayer. Come to prayer. Come to success. Come to success. God's the greatest. God's the greatest. There's no God but Allah. In the name of Allah, the Beneficent, the Merciful. All praises due to Allah, the Lord of the worlds, the Beneficent, the Merciful, Master of the Day of Judgment. Thee do we worship and thine aid we seek. Show us the straight way, the way of those on whom you have bestowed thy grace, and not the ways upon those who portion the Lord's wrath and who go not astray. Amen. I bear witness that there is no God but Allah, and I bear witness that Muhammad is his messenger. Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin, wa ala Muhammadin, kama salata ala bihima wa ala ibihima nikhamna mahji. Allahumma barata ala Muhammadin, wa ala Muhammadin, kama barata ala bihima wa ala ibihima fila alami inikhamna mahji. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah wa barakatuh. Which means in the English, may the peace, mercy, and blessings of Allah be upon you. Allah tells us in Quran, Surah 67, Ayat 16 through 18, uh, verse, uh, chapter 67, verses 16 through 18. He tells us in verse 16, Do ye feel secure that he who is in heaven will not cause you to be swallowed up by the earth when it shakes as an earthquake? In verse 17, tells us, Do ye feel secure that he who is in heaven will not send against you a violent tornado with showers of stones, so that ye shall know how terrible was my warning. And we see what's happening today. We see um, and we have read about what has happened in, in the past. Hurricanes are ripping ripping apart uh, 
the Carolinas. Hurricanes have ripped apart Florida. And there are many different disasters of where the earth has opened up and swallowed up cars, swallowed up houses, where sinkholes have opened up. Earthquakes have killed many thousands of people. Tornadoes, hailstones, and all kind of disasters have wrecked havoc upon America and have wrecked havoc all around the world. So, Allah is telling us that how can you feel secure? Or do you feel secure when he sends a tornado, when he sends a hurricane, when he sends an earthquake, when he sends uh, causes a sinkhole to open up in the ground and swallows up a whole house, swallows up cars and, and do you feel secure? We look at different things that makes us feel secure. We take different paths and try different things and hard different people and different methods and ways that we use to be secure. But we can try all the things in this world to be secure or seek to be secure. But there's one thing that we fail to realize that no one can be secure against the wrath of Allah Ta'ala, the wrath of Allah, God the Exalted. No one can be secure from Allah when He seeks to destroy people for their sins and their wicked ways and for their oppression against those that they consider weak. This is what blinds the people, many people that don't have or don't see with the spiritual eye through the lenses of the scriptures, through the lenses of Allah, through the lenses in which um, his Allah's prophets and messages seen through, which is through the commands and ways of Allah Ta'ala exalted. They don't see with that spiritual eye, so they get blinded by money, by the amount of people that are on their side. They get blinded by steel, blinded by weapons of war, thinking that this will save them, thinking that this will make them feel as though that they are secure, making them believe that they, on, they are on top of the world, causing an illusion to develop in their brain, causing a mirage to develop in their eyesights because no one can feel secure from the wrath of Allah and no one can feel secure thinking that they can stop the blessings from coming upon a person or persons that Allah said that he would bless. This is the thinking of Satan. Satan makes you think that you would not be successful serving Allah. Satan makes you think that you should do illegal things to gain wealth when the only thing that you have to do is give zarakah. 
give in zakat of voluntary charity or giving obligatory obligatory charity and giving for the cause of Allah Subhanahu with sincerity and iman faith Allah increases the good deeds for us Allah increases our wealth Allah increases our intelligence Allah increases our health Allah increases us in blessings and rewards for doing those things that he commands of us this is security this is feeling secure and knowing that we are doing those things which Allah commands it, that we will receive the blessings in return for doing those things. Allah grants us a bargain. And he says, if you do this, if you obey me, if you be grateful to me, if you praise me, if you do those righteous things that I command you to do, then I will give you paradise. I will give you the blessings and rewards of doing my will. And this is security. This is real security. Real security does not exist in the material things of this world. Real security is in knowing that you are doing good deeds, the good deeds that are approval, the good deeds that Allah is pleased with, that He approves. Because many people say they do good, but that good is not approved by Allah. That's just like a drug dealer saying that he gave some love to you because he gave you, he didn't charge you the whole 20 for a piece of dope, a piece of crack or some heroin. He just charged you 15 or $10 and he gave you love. That's not good deeds. That's not good deeds. That's wicked. That's wicked deeds. Or anyone that invites towards that which is evil. Thinking they are helping you in sharing evil with you. That's not good deeds. Good deeds is doing righteousness according to Allah's commands. And that is security. And we can feel secure against the wrath of Allah. When we do good, we can feel secure against the hurricanes, the tornadoes, the earthquakes, the uh, sinkholes, uh, any disasters that will come upon this land, come upon this world, come that will come upon the state and cities and counties in which we live. Because we know that Allah grants security to those of us that are believers. He secures us from the hellfire. He secures us from Jahannam. And this is something that we should pray for. We should pray for paradise. We should pray for Jannah. We should pray to be safeguarded against Jahannam or hell. And we safeguard ourselves from Jahannam or hell by doing those things that pleases Allah. Seeking forgiveness from your Lord. Doing your salat. Giving in charity. Helping those that are less fortunate. Helping your relatives. Keeping secure the relations in which Allah does not want you to unravel or to break. 
these good deeds in which Allah will reward us for, which grants us a secure future, which grants us a secure life. And we can't think that securing our wealth in banks will make us have a great future. We secure our money and our wealth for our future by putting, putting it with Allah. And Allah, he tells us to loan to him a beautiful loan, which will, he will double and multiply onto your credit. And the wicked in the Prophet Muhammad's sallallahu in the Prophet Muhammad's time, they considered, they considered Allah needing a loan, that Allah was poor and that they were rich. This is their ignorance. What Allah means. He's telling us that if we want real security in our wealth, if we want real security in our money, in our dollars, give in charity. Spend in His cause, and we will, at our greatest needs, Allah will send down double, multiplied, uh, depending on how, how many, depending on the level of need the recipient was in from our charity, will also depend on the level of reward that Allah will grant to us. Because Allah says that giving in charity is like a air corn that has 100 seeds in it and it's as if you was to plant 100 seeds of corn you would grow 100 more ears and in each ear is a hundred more seeds so it's a thousand seeds plant a thousand seeds until you get to millions and billions of blessings. It's just overwhelming. It's overpowering. Sometimes Allah rewards the believers. With so much. For the good that they have done. That they cannot do anything else. But. Give it to someone else. Give a portion of the rewards to someone else because what they have is so much and I've experienced a lot of that so the wicked will not have security like that because they depend upon something material from this world to grant them security and then as Allah tells us in the Quran then they will realize that their numbers didn't help them their wealth didn't help them nothing could help them against the wrath and punishment of Allah and as verse 18, Ayah 18 tells us, But indeed, men before them rejected my warning. Then how terrible was my rejection of them. And we don't want to be, as believers, we don't want to be on that side. Because when Allah says that how terrible was my rejection of them. What Allah means that his punishment is very severe. The punishment in the graves is so severe that the dogs howl because they can hear the lashing 
gnashing of teeth in the grave from those that have rejected the warning and the message that came from Allah to Allah, the exalted. When Allah has sent us messengers and warnings, has sent us what we need to save ourselves from the far hell, the deception of this world has dazzled and mesmerized the wicked to where they have rejected the messengers and laughed at the messengers but in turn at the end the messengers have laughed at them and told them look here as in Noah's day I told you to get on this ark I was building the ark on dry land you laughed at me now that the flood has came I laugh at you drowning and dying in the sea the rejection of Allah's message causes Allah to reject you for rejecting that message even though we know as believers that the message is our salvation following the message of Allah following the teachings following the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam peace be upon him following what he has given us to follow as instructed by our Lord Allah Ta'ala exalted we receive paradise and we know that by rejecting the message of Allah that Allah's punishment is terrible because we have all the examples in history we have the people of Noah we have the the fools that would rather stay with Pharaoh than to leave out with Moses. We have the enemies of the Prophet especially when the Prophet came back from Yathrib or called Medina and came back to his hometown of Mecca and his enemies just were so weak from famine that the Prophet وسلم, didn't even have to put up a fight anymore he just walked in and took Mecca and he didn't have to fight after they have drove him out of his hometown he came back the victor didn't have to raise a sword because Allah fought his battles for him Allah destroyed his enemies because the rejection of the Prophet وسلم, peace be upon him, is the rejection of the message of Allah. And so Allah destroyed them with hunger, with famine, all kind of destruction and chaos for persecuting the messenger. And we see this in present day society. We see those that persecute us as believers because they don't like what we saying. Because they don't like the truth that we put out to the people. We see in them being destroyed. We see in them being killed. We see in them having terrible punishments and terrible agonies because Allah is punishing them and ridding them from the presence of the believers and the presence of righteousness and truth. We look at the city of Chicago, death and destruction, chaos. We, we look at the city of Louisville, Kentucky, 
death, destruction, and chaos. We look at Florida, death, destruction, and chaos. We look at the Carolinas and Virginia, death, destruction, and chaos. We look at California, death, destruction, and chaos. We look around us and we see the rejection of Allah's message. We see the rejection of the believers in their mix. And we see, not too long after, the destruction and punishment for the rejection of the believers and the message of truth from Allah Ta'ala Himself. But we see great Great blessings coming upon those that receive the message. We see great blessings and great rewards and a great secure future for those that follow the message of truth and right, the message of Allah to Allah the Exalted. And we know that there is nothing more secure than being in the presence of Allah Ta'ala and as accepting his truth following his way and doing the best that we can against the forces of Satan that are arrayed against us from the time we wake up to the time we go to sleep at night and as I greet you in the greeting words of peace, we say it in the Arabic language of Assalam Alaikum, and we add Rahmatullah which means may the peace and mercy and blessings of Allah be upon you. Ibn Abbas, relates that the Holy Prophet وسلم, peace be upon him, said, I was shown in dream or inspiration many nations. I saw a prophet with a small party. Some prophets had only one or two followers with them, and some had none. Then suddenly I saw a huge crowd, and I thought that they might be my people. But I was informed. These are Prophet Moses and his followers. But look towards the horizon. I looked and saw a huge crowd. Then I was asked to look to the other side of the horizon. And there too I saw a great multitude. I was informed. These are your followers. And among them there are 70,000 who shall enter paradise without any accounting or suffering. Then the Holy Prophet وسلم, peace be upon him, stood up and went into his chamber, and his companions began speculating about those who would enter paradise without any accounting or suffering. Some said that they might be those who have the honor of having been associated with the Holy Prophet some others guess that it may be that they are the persons who have been born Muslims and have never associated anyone with Allah, and so forth. On hearing this, the Holy Prophet came out of his room and asked, What are you discussing? The gathering apprised him accordingly. He said, They are those who do not make charms or amulets nor use them. And do not believe in omens, but trust in their Lord. On this a companion, Hazrat Ukasha bin Musin, ready Adham, stood up and requested to supplicate Allah that he may be made one of them. The Holy Prophet وسلم, said, You are one of them. Then another companion stood up and asked for the same. The Holy Prophet وسلم, answered, Yukasha has taken a lead over you, Bukhari and the Muslim.
has read Ibn Abbas relates that the Holy Prophet وسلم, peace be upon him used to supplicate Allah to thee I have submitted in thee do I believe and in thee I put my trust to thee do I turn and to thee do I submit my case for judgment Allah I seek refuge with thee in the name of thy honor and there is no one worthy of worship save thee that though safeguard me against going astray, thou art the ever-living, whereas men and jinni will all die. Bukhari and Muslim Hazrat ibn Abbas relates that when Abraham was thrown into the fall, his words were, Sufficient for me is Allah, and an excellent guardian is he. So did the Holy Prophet وسلم, peace be upon him, when he was told that people have mustered against him, and as such he should fear them. This only added to his faith in Allah, as well as of the Muslims. And he and the Muslims said, Sufficient for us is Allah, and an excellent guardian is he. Bukhari. Shahabas of the Prophet, our companions of the Prophet, Zayd al-Khair. People are made up of basic matters or qualities. The best of them in Jahilalia are the best of them in Islam, according to a hadith of the Prophet wasallam. Here are two pictures of a noble companion. One during his life in Jahiliya, all the days of ignorance, and the other after he became a Muslim. In Jahiliya, this Shahaba was known as Zayd al-Khal. When he became a Muslim, the Prophet wasallam renamed him Zayd al-Khal. The tribe of Emir reflected one year by severe drought which destroyed crops and vegetation and caused livestock to perish. So bad was it that one, one, one man left the tribe with his family and went to Hira. There he left his family with the words, Wait for me here till I return to you. He swore to himself not to return to them until he earned some money for them or died in the process. The man took some provisions with him and walked all day in search of something for his family. At nightfall, he found himself in front of a tent. Nearby, a horse was tethered and he said to himself, This is the first booty. He went to the horse, untied it, and was about to mount it when a voice called out to him, Leave it and take your life as booty. He hastily abandoned the horse. For seven days he walked until he reached a place where there was a pasture for camels. Nearby was an enormous tent with a leather dome, signs of great riches and wealth. The man said to himself, Doubtless this pasture has camels and doubtless this tent has occupants. The sun was about to set. The man looked inside the tent and saw every man in the century. He sat down behind the man, behind the old man, without the latter realizing his presence. The sun soon set. A horseman, imposing and well-built, approached. He rode his mount erect and tall. Two male servants accompanied him, one on his right and the other on his left. With him were almost a hundred sea camels, and in front of them a huge male camel. Clearly, he was a well-endowed man. To one of the servants he said, pointing to a fat camel, Milk this and give the old man a drink. The sheikh drank one or two mouthfuls from the full vessel which was brought to him and left it. The wanderer went up to it steadily 
and drank all the milk in it. The servant returned, took the vessel and said, Master, he has drunk it all. The horseman was happy and ordered another camel to be milked. The old man drank only one mouthful and the wanderer drank all of what was left so as not to arouse the suspicion of the horseman. The horseman then ordered his second servant to kill a sheep. Some of it was grilled and the horseman fed the sheik until he was satisfied. He and the two servants then ate. After this, they all slept soundly. The snoring filled the tent. The wanderer then went to the he-camel, untied and mounted it. He rode off and the she-camels followed. He rode throughout the night. At daybreak, he looked around in every direction, but did not see anyone follow him. He pushed on until the sun was high in the sky. He looked around and suddenly saw something like an eagle or a big bird in the distance coming towards him. It quickly gained on him, and soon he saw it was the horseman on his horse. The wanderer dismounted and tied the heat camel. He took out an arrow and placed it in his bow and stood in front of the other camels. The horseman stopped at a distance and shouted, Untie the camel. The man refused, saying how he had left behind him a hungry family in Hira and how he had sworn not to return unless he had money or died in the process. You are dead if you do not untie the camel, said the horseman. The wanderer again refused to do so. The horseman threatened him once more and said, Hold out the rings of the camel. There are three knots in it. Tell me in which of them you want me to place my arrow. The man pointed to the middle knot, and the horseman lodged an arrow right in the sentry as if he had neatly placed it there with his hand. He did the same with the second and third knots. At that, the man quietly returned to his own arrow to his quiver and gave himself up. The horseman took away his sword and his bow and said to him, Ride behind me. The man expected the worst fate to befall him now. He was at the complete mercy of the horseman who said, Do you think I will cause you harm when you have shared with Budhadhel, the old man, his father, his drink, and his food last night? When the man heard the name Budhadhel, he was astonished and asked, Are you Zaid al-Kel? Yes, said the horseman. Be the best, captor, pleaded the man. Don't worry, replied Zaid al-Kel calmly. If these camels were mine, I would give them to you, but they belong to one of my sisters. But stay some days with me. I am about to make a raid. Three days later, he raided the Banu Numair and captured about a hundred camels as booty. He gave them all to the man and sent some men with him as guards until he reached his family in Hira. The above story is, is a story of Zayd al-Kel, as he was in Jehelilah, recounted by the historian as Shabani. The books of Sira gave another picture of Zayd al-Kel as he was in Islam. When Zayd al-Kel heard the news of the Prophet وسلم, he made some of, of his own encouraged and then decided to go to Medina to meet the Prophet. With him was a big delegation of his people among whom were Zur ibn Sudus, Malik ibn Jabir, Ahmed ibn Duwain and others. When they reached Medina, they went straight to the Prophet's mosque and tethered the mounts at the door. It happened 
that as they entered the Prophet وسلم, was on the member addressing the Muslims. His speech aroused Zayd and his delegation and they were also astonished by the rapt intention of the Muslims and the effect of the Prophet words on them. The Prophet وسلم, peace be upon him was saying, I am better for you than Al-Uzzah, one of the main idols of the Arabs in Jehillah, and everything else that you worship. I am better for you than the black camel which you worship besides God. The Prophet's words had two different effects on Zayd al-Khal and those with him. Some of them responded positively to the truth and accepted it. Some turned away and rejected it. One of the latter was Zud ibn Sadus. When he saw the devotion of the Muslims, of the believers to Muhammad, both envy and fear filled his heart, and he said to those with him, I see a man who shall certainly captivate our Arabs and bring them under his sway. I shall not let him control me ever. He then headed towards Syria, where it is said he shaved his head, as was the practice of some monks, and became a Christian. The reaction of Zaid and others was different. When the Prophet wasallam, peace be upon him, had finished speaking, Zaid stood up, tall and impressive looking in the midst of the Muslims, and said in a loud and clear voice, O Muhammad, I testify that there is no God but Allah, and that you are the messenger of Allah. The Prophet came up to him and asked, Who are you? I am Zayd al-Khal, the son of Muhalhil. From now on, you are Zayd al-Khal, instead of, instead, not Zayd al-Khal, said the Prophet be to God, who has brought you from the hills and dells of your native land and softened your heart towards Islam. Thereafter, he was known as Zayd al-Ka'il, Zayd the Good. The Prophet then took him to his house. With them were Umar ibn al-Khattab and some other companions. The Prophet gave him a cushion to sit on. But he felt very uncomfortable to recline thus in the presence of the Prophet and he returned the cushion. The Prophet handed it back to him and he returned it to him. This happened three times. Eventually, when they were all seated, the Prophet said to Zayd al-Ka'al, O Zayd, no man has ever described to me, and when I see him, he does not fit the description at all except you. I have two characteristics which are pleasing to God and his prophet. What are they? asked Zaid. Perseverance and sagacity, replied the prophet. Sagacity, replied the prophet. Praise be to God, said Zaid, who has given me what he and his prophet like. He then returned directly to the Prophet وسلم, said, Give me, O Messenger of God, 300 horsemen, and I promise you that I will secure Byzantine territory with them. The Prophet praised his fervor and said, What manner of man are you? During this visit, all of those who stayed with Zayd became Muslims. They then desired to return to their homes in Najd. And the Prophet وسلم, bade them farewell. The great desire of Zayd al-Ka'al to work and fight for the cause of Islam, however, was not to be realized. In Medina al-Munawara, at, at that time there was an epidemic of fever, and Zayd al-Ka'al succumbed to it and said to those with him, Take me away from the land of Kais. I have the fever of smallpox. By God, I shall not fight as 
a Muslim before I meet Allah, the Mighty, the Great. Zayd took the road to his people in Najd, in spite of the fact that the fever became more and more intense and slowed him down. He hoped at least to get back to his people and that they would become Muslims through God's grace at his hands. He struggled to overcome the fever, but it got the better of him and he breathed his last on the way before reaching Najd. Between the acceptance of Islam and his death, however, there was no time for him to have fallen into sin. Sayyid Al-Kair. Allah, Allah, Ar-Rahman, Ya Allah, Ar-Rahim, Ya Allah, Al-Maliku, Ya Allah, Al-Quddus, Ya Allah, Al-Salam, Ya Allah, Al-Mu'min, Ya Allah, Al-Muhaymin, Ya Allah, Al-Aziz, Ya Allah, Al-Jabbar, Al-Mutakabbir, Al-Khaliq, Ya Allah, Al-Bari'u, Al-Musawwir, Al-Ghaffar, Al-Qahar, الرزاق يا الله الفتاح يا الله العليم يا الله القابض يا الله الباسط يا الله الخافض يا الله الرافع يا الله المعز يا الله المذل يا الله السميع يا الله البصير يا الله الحكم يا الله العدل يا الله اللطيف يا الله الخبير يا الله الحليم يا الله العظيم الغفور الشكور العلي الكبير الحفيظ المقيت الحسيب الجليل الكريم الرقيب المجيب الواسع الحكيم الودود المجيد الباعث الشهيد الحق الوكيل القوي المتين الولي الحميد المحصي المبدئ يا الله المعيد يا الله المحي يا الله المميت يا الله الحي يا الله القيوم يا الله الواجد يا الله الماجد يا الله الواحد يا الله الأحد يا الله الصمد يا الله القادر يا الله المقتدر يا الله المقدم يا الله المؤخر يا الله الأول يا الله الآخر يا الله الظاهر يا الله الباطن يا الله الوالي المتعال البر يا الله التواب يا الله المنتقم يا الله العفو يا الله الرؤوف مالك الملك الجلال والإكرام المقصط الجامع الغني المغني المانع الضال النافع النور الهادي البديع الباقي الوارث الرشيد الصبور Allah is the beneficent the merciful the king the holy the peace the guarantor, the guardian, the almighty, the irresistible, 
the majestic, the creator, the evolver, the fashioner of forms, the forgiving, the subduer, the bestower, the provider, the opener, the all-knowing, the restrainer, the extender, the abaser, the exalter, the giver of honor, the giver of dishonor, the all-hearing, the all-seeing, the judge, the just, the gentle, the all-aware, the full-bearing, the magnificent, the much-forgiving, the grateful, the sublim, the great, the preserver, the nourisher, the bringer of judgment, the majestic, the bountiful, the watchful, the responsive, the vast, the wise, the loving, the all-glorious, the resurrector, the witness, the truth, the trustee, the strong, the firm, the friend, the all-praiseworthy, the accounter, the originator, the restorer, the giver of life, the destroyer, the living, the subsidying, the perceiver, the illustrious, the one, the unity, the eternal, the omnipotent, the determiner, the expedier, the delayer, the first, the last, the magnificent, the manifest, the hidden, the patron, the supremely exalted, the good, the ever-returning, the avenger, the partner, the king, the owner of all sovereignty, the lord of majesty and generosity, the equitable, the gatherer, the rich, the enricher, the withholder, the distresser, the propitious, the light, the guide, the incomparable, the immutable, the hearer, the guide to the right path, the timeless, the patient. أشهد أن محمد رسول الله أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وأشهد أن محمد رسول الله أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وأشهد أن محمد رسول الله أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وأشهد أن محمد رسول